Good morning. Good morning. My name is Ryan Schreckengast. I'm one of the preachers here at GFC. If you were here last week, uh, our church body and many other friends and family members had the opportunity to celebrate the baptism of two of our GFC youth, Jaden and Karis. Yes, let's, let's give them an applause again. During that celebration, Jaden shared, not just here in this building, but in a public park, about his testimony. And these are some of the words that he shared as a small part of that larger testimony. He said this, I struggled and studied to really know. Finally, I decided that there is no other God who not only has real power, but also unconditional love. Amen. Friends, do you understand what a monumental statement that is? That is nothing less than the miraculous work of God. That anyone, anyone, let alone a young man, can know with such confidence the very nature of God and that he can stake his whole destiny on that knowledge. Maybe you're here this morning and you wish that you could have such a certainty. Especially, perhaps, after, the feeling the, after feeling the weight of last week's message, where we wrestled with the uncomfortable reality that not all who profess to know God will do so until the end. Can you even be certain of your salvation? This morning, the book of Hebrews answers us with a resounding yes. Yes, you can be certain because of the unchangeable twofold promise of Jesus Christ. You can have absolute certainty of salvation. That's where we're going this morning, friends, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. You will see it on your outline. God's promise and his oath are absolute. So anchor your confidence in Christ. Let's start by reading verses 11 and 12, which was actually part of last week's text, to remind ourselves of the purpose of the author's argument, and we'll continue on through verse 15. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness To have the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you may not be sluggish in your faith. But imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. 
For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Friends, where can you find assurance of hope until the end? In the twofold promise and oath of God. The goal, as stated in verse 11 and 12, is to encourage the audience of Hebrews to hope and cling to the promises of God until the end. And how does the author do this? He reminds his audience of Abraham. If the audience of that message included Hebrew people, which is very likely, then those people were the offspring of Abraham. And that means that they were, by their very existence, incontrovertible living proof of God's absolute promises. In Genesis 17, verses 6 through 7, God makes this following covenant with Abraham. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God assures his promise. And then he continues in verse 21 to give prophetic details of exactly how he was going to keep this promise to Abraham. He says, I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Friends, before Isaac was even born, God assures his promise through Isaac. The promise of God was indisputable. And the people of Israel listening to this message were the descendants of Abraham and Isaac after him. Thus proving the reliability of God's promise. But here is what is so amazing. This quote in Hebrews 6 verse 14. Surely I will bless you and multiply you. That does not come from Genesis 17. When God makes this promise to Abraham. It comes later. It comes when God makes not just this promise. But an oath in Genesis chapter 22, verses 16 and 17. Let me set up the background here. At this point, Sarah has already born Isaac, just as God promised. And Isaac has grown up into a young man. At which point, 
God tells Abraham to take Isaac up and sacrifice him on the mountain of God. Friends, God tells Abraham to kill his promise. And Abraham has such faith in God's promise that he is willing to even do that. Friends, Abraham knows that God's promise is certain. It is absolute. Even if God takes away the very means that he himself promised he would fulfill. God says, Abraham, I will make you the father of nations through Isaac. Full stop. Now, take Isaac and kill him. What? How can God tell you to kill the promise? Because even death is no match for the absolute security of God's promise in the person of God himself. Friends, that is the kind of security we are talking about this morning. God will fulfill his promise even if there is no earthly way for him to do so. Even if it meant that God would have to raise Isaac from the dead. It is certain and it is absolute. And that is why God makes a further oath to Abraham. Here is the oath. By myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord. Because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. Friends, the promise of God, this kind of oath is not like a child who doesn't trust their sibling and so needs to have some sort of greater, more assurance because they have doubts. No. Friends, this is like the father who knows that their child trusts them and so he guarantees his promise once again before the whole family. Friends, this is the kind of assurance that is based not in distrust, but on trust. Abraham was already so convinced of God's faithfulness to his promise that he was willing to sacrifice his son. So, in faith, God makes a further oath. Friends, this is the kind of faith 
that the author of Hebrews is expecting us to imitate. God offers two unchangeable things. His promise and his oath. So that we can have absolute certainty. Friends, just as the Hebrew audience were living proof of God's promise... So we here at GFC, worshiping this morning the God of Abraham and Isaac, are proof of the faithfulness of his oath. We are numbered among those offspring of Abraham as numberless as the stars because of the promise And the oath of God. Does that seem impossible? It does. That non-Jews and enemies of God. Could be brought into the family of God. As fulfillment of his oath. How is such a thing possible? Because the promise and the oath of God are even more powerful than death. Friends, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the strength to hope, friends, in his promise. Not an idle hope, but a firm, unshakable anchor in Jesus Christ. He was our sacrifice. He was the blood sacrifice that overcame death. And he is the reason that we hope this morning. Let's read verses 16 through 20. For people swear by something greater than themselves... And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place Behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Friends, Jesus is both the promise and the oath that we anchor our confidence in. In verse 17, the author reminds his audience of God's grace to offer Abraham his oath. 
Not because Abraham failed to have faith, but because he wanted to demonstrate his unchangeable character. Why would he care to demonstrate this? So that we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. This is like the kind of comfort that is offered by a mother when her child has already run to her, trusting in her for protection. The child is there because he has faith or she has faith that the mother will comfort her. And she says, it's okay. Mommy's got you. Out of every mommy in the world, God picked me to be your mommy and to care for you. And he picked your daddy too. And he picked your family. And they all hug this child and comfort them in their moment of distress. Friends, for those of us who have run to the arms of Jesus for refuge, we have a strong encouragement to hold fast. Because God himself did not withhold his son, his only son, but he offered him up as the substitutional sacrifice so that you may live. Friends, the author of Hebrews wants his audience to be astonished by the impossible beauty of that fact. In Psalm 110, King David writes, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool, promising that the future king of kings would have everlasting rule. He makes this promise. And God continues with an oath. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That is the promise and the oath of God to the future coming king of kings in the time of David. But now, friends... God has already sent Jesus, his son, to be born among men. And then do you know what he did? He died. Friends, he died as a sacrifice on the cross. God, what about your promise? To Jesus. To rule. What about your oath that he would be a priest forever? He dies on a cross. Where is the victory of Jesus? 
friends, the promise and the oath of God are more powerful than death. And so Jesus is raised again in victory. Not merely over Roman rule, but over death itself. Jesus rules. And he is raised again, friends, with authority to intercede on behalf of all men. He is the sacrifice and he is the priest forever because of his resurrection. And friends, that is where our soul is anchored. He is the fulfillment. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the promise and the oath to be the king and the high priest. And so verse 19 says that he brings our hope with him into the inner place behind the curtain. That is the place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. This innermost, most personal, most intimate presence of God. Where in the past only the high priest could enter once a year after having been purified through the blood sacrifice. Friends, God himself has offered Jesus as our sacrifice. And that blood is ministered to us through our high priest, Jesus. He is seated beside God as the king. And he pays the price of your sin and my sin as our priest so that we might follow after him into this intimate fellowship with God, according to verse 20. That is the Savior we worship this morning. So how does that apply? What do we do with that astonishing fact? First, friends... Be overwhelmed by the certainty of God's promise and his oath. There is absolutely nothing. There is absolutely nothing, nothing, not even death, can challenge God's promise to Jesus, through Jesus, to you as heir of his promise. It is a miracle. And that is how. A teenage boy. Can commit. His life. To the service. Of this God. Knowing. In his words. Knowing. That he is loved. And he is forgiven. And friends, that is how you, you can have certainty 
that God's blood can cover your sin. Not because of you, but because of him. What else could we cling to this morning? Where else can we have that kind of assurance? So please fly to Jesus for refuge. If you have not made Jesus your king and your high priest this morning, please don't wait. Because as Jaden said, there is no other God who not only has real power, but unconditional love. So secondly, once you have run to Jesus for refuge, have confidence in the security of your soul's anchor to him. You don't need to struggle any more with your doubts or your feelings of inadequacy. You don't need to prove yourself to be worthy of the love of God. You don't need to disbelieve his power to save anymore. Friends, your confidence in Jesus can be so unshakable that God himself could take away from you every good thing he has given and you can still know that he will never take away his son. So when the weight of your sin crashes on you, you can know this and be secure. When your hope and what you hoped for your life to look like by now is not how it looks. When you're gripped in a panic attack. Or you're stressed by the worries of your future. When you wonder if your broken relationships could ever be restored. In all of these things, trust Jesus as your anchor. He is the chain with links thicker than your legs. He is securing you to God. So if you move, it will not be because of the storm around you was too strong for Jesus. Your cancer is not stronger than the promise of God. The history of your abuse is not stronger than the promise of God. Your sin is not more damning than the oath of God. Friends, so our last application this morning is to cling to that promise and that oath with full assurance until the end. 
I know that we will cry countless tears in our journey as we follow Christ. But Jesus promises to count them. And he will end by drying every tear. Revelations 21 verse 3 through 5 says that those who follow Christ until the end receive this promise and oath from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Friends, that is your promise if you follow Jesus. Jesus is the assurance of our hope gone before you behind the curtain, into the presence of God. So let that defeat the fear in your life. Why? Because Jesus is your anchor. Two unchangeable promise and oath that are absolute, offering perfect certainty in Jesus for salvation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning. God, we thank you that you would not withhold your son as the sacrifice to bring us life. But God, not only would Jesus die, he would raise again. He would have victory over death. God, we can hope in nothing else. So Jesus, we come as your brothers and sisters into the throne room of God and we praise your name. God, we glorify this morning the name of Jesus with our words, through our singing, with our actions, God, with the choices that we make, may we also be conformed into the nature of Jesus. God, we pray that we would be sanctified, that we would hold on until the end, that we would, we would cling to Jesus in the midst of our tears and our tribulation. Father God, we pray that you would give us the strength to hold fast 
to your unchanging promise and oath in Jesus. We cannot do it ourselves, God. And that's why you sent yourself to be with us. We praise you, Jesus. Amen.